Hi there, and welcome to episode 16 of the ADHD Adult UK podcast series. I'm James Brown, co-founder of ADHD Adult UK, and to the collective disappointment, dismay of our now actually probably 15 listeners, I'm joined by planet-headed deadweight Alex Connor. Alex, hi. Good day. Uh, you know, I can edit this and just cut that out, don't you? Uh, you realize I have the power to, to stop this. You don't, because you don't know how machines and computers work. We might have Australian listeners, one of those 11. Uh, we actually do have uh, an Australian listener, I believe. In which um, case, I apologize oh. for my racist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says with trepidation, because he's almost too scared to ask, how are you, Alex? I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be here, as always. Um, lots of brilliant engagement, as always. I've been sent a letter, James. Can I read it out? Can, it's... Can we, can, no, no. Can we, can we just not? Can we not? Can we not? Can we not? I think it's important to get the uh, okay. thoughts of our community. This is, uh, <laughs> it's from a Robert. Um, from, let me look. Kidderminster. It says, it says, I read your recent article in the Times, Higher Educational Supplement, and clearly James didn't write any of it. Is that correct? Which I think is an insightful letter. Any thoughts? It's, it's also correct. <laughs> can, I, can I read out a proper, a proper one? Yeah, I'd rather had a brilliant email. I'm not saying it's from, but it just says, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just discovered your podcast and it's taught me so much. Um, they've gone on to talk about some, some personal medical details, which I'm not going to say. But they've said, I, I know you're going to be really, uh, the tips you give are going to be really helpful for me. Now I understand why all my post-its have become invisible. And so I, we, I just really liked it. I thought it was lovely. So thank you. We get loads and we do read every single one. Thank you. Was that just addressed to you? Because obviously my tips aren't really helpful usually. <laughs> they, kind of, they make people feel less alone. That's true. Yeah, I, I show the, the dysfunctional side of ADHD more than, more than most. Well, anyway, thank you for that. We do love getting emails and messages and please keep sending them in. So as usual... Our podcasts are a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. Then the last episode, we talked about the comorbidities of ADHD. And today we're talking about an issue which is extremely common in ADHD, but not without a bit of controversy. And we do love a bit of controversy. Is that the way you did say you it? just pronounce it? I did, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But still, potato, potato, Alex, or as you said Indeed. last time something else that's much more um uh, developed and middle class um the subject we're going to talk about which definitely is controversial is hyperfocus. so the three parts we include as usual are some evidence-based psychoeducation and this week we've actually got some evidence as opposed to um in previous episodes yeah. our personal reflections and experience of hyperfocus and how it affects us and then the third and final bit we'll give you some top tips that we've been given or that we find work i just want to give a quick shout out to anna who asked us to cover this topic today thanks anna and Thank again you, anna. please get in touch if there are subjects that you want us to cover we've got a, a list that's now um quite long because lots of people are getting in touch and that's great so alex you've clearly managed to hyper focus on developing a geometrically perfect head shape but beyond that what is hyper focus and, and why is it controversial um, what what do you think the word geometric means? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Well, let's do that on another podcast. <laughs> I probably want to be mean to you. Uh, hyperfocus, James. 
we always go on about this, don't we? ADHD is a shit name for it. Yeah, It's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And we all know that a lot of people don't have the hyperactivity much. If they do, it's often internalized, not in us, obviously. But it's also not a deficit of attention. Shittiest name in the world. We often get distracted, maybe putting our attention on everything all at once. But it's the same amount, not a deficit of attention, same amount of intention as anyone else. The motivation for what we pay attention to differs. Often that's about a short-term reward, being really interested and stimulated in something or everything. And sometimes that can get a bit crazy. Being super interested in something to the exclusion of all else. So scientifically, hyperfocus is the phenomenon that describes complete absorption in a task to a point where a person appears to completely ignore or tune out everything else. Now, it doesn't just happen in adults with ADHD or people mm -hmm. with ADHD, which is interesting, if you're that way inclined. <laughs> in fact, one study reported that ADHD patients and matched controls didn't differ in the occurrence, frequency, duration, or per pervasiveness of hyperfocus. But hyperfocus was less likely to occur in educational and social situations in ADHD people, meaning it's possibly not as useful for us, James. <laughs> it doesn't help that there's no clear operational definition of, of what hyperfocus is yeah. in the scientific literature. There are generally four repeatedly described characteristics of hyperfocus. Are you ready for them? No. Uno, hyperfocus <laughs> is characterised by an intense state of concentration. You're not, That's sorry, sorry, just sorry, you're not going to mm -hmm. do all four in either a different language or <laughs> four different languages. I was, I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it in the U2, you know, when he goes like, uno, dos, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Isn't he saying something ridiculous? He's not even Spanish. So, well, it's uh, U2, so yeah. So that uh, one, uh, B, when engaged in hyperfocus... <laughs> I hate you. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. Oh, we haven't had the when engaged in hyperfocus, unrelated external <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's it. That's what's made us laugh. So unrelated external stimuli don't appear to be consciously perceived. You, you don't know what's going on around you. This is sometimes reported as a diminished perception of the environment. Uh three, to engage mm -hmm. in hyperfocus. The task has to be fun or interesting or rewarding in ADHD terms or risky or, or whatever. Catorze, during a hyperfocused state, task performance improves. During that period, it makes us better. So I've got to say, Al, this sounds like a superpower. Is that your sarcastic voice, James? I yeah, like it is my sarcastic. But you know my thoughts on this. So I was trying I to I was trying to make sure it wasn't implicit and yet. <laughs> It was clearly explicit that I'm being very fucking sarcastic about this. Yes, I think if you if you can harness it as a superpower, you are in the massive minority. And well done, kudos to you. Our view of hyperfocus as a superpower is uh, if if Superman, James, and I say this all the time, if Superman had this fantastic laser vision, but it would occasionally just come on, you couldn't control where and at what he pointed it. Arguably you know, the citizens of Metropolis might get in, infuriated and it feels a little bit like that with hyperfocus. It is almost impossible to do this experimentally, to experimentally manipulate someone into a hyperfocused state, which demonstrates the lack of control over yeah. what we hyperfocus on. If you're lucky, it's something useful or task related. 
If not, it's playing Candy Crush Saga. Uh, <laughs> I've got to, to read that out, James, because I asked James what it was called. Candy Crush Saga. Have I got it right? You, you're checking Instagram. You, um, you're not embarrassed by your lack of cultural reference points, are you, Alex? I mean, I'd say post-18th century cultural reference points, are you, Alex? Not, uh, no, not not really. I don't, just, I don't know what Candy Crush Saga is. I didn't know what the <laughs> film Up was today in a work meeting. It's about a dog, apparently. But the film Up... Yeah. With, yeah. With the dog that says squirrel. Yeah, that's why. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> this is where I really struggle with how hyperfocus is marketed, if you like. I um I've given up counting the amount of times that I've seen hyperfocusing listed as either a strength or a superpower in a variety of different places, including kind of really prominent social media accounts for ADHD to even um, uh, occupational health or human resources type leaflets or documents, which which say, here are the strengths of um, adults with ADHD, including hyperfocus. I guess, as you said earlier, if you are lucky enough that you can hyperfocus on something that is rewarding internally or externally. If you're a musician and you can hyperfocus on writing or playing music, if you're an artist and you can hyperfocus on painting, if you're Alex and you can hyperfocus on chiseling your face until it's perfectly round, then <laughs> I, I get yeah, that you're gonna yeah. I get that you're gonna see that that is a superpower. And then if you don't I suppose acknowledge or understand that most other people can't pick what they hyperfocus on. <clears throat> you might just assume, well, everybody can do that. This is ADHD. It's that thing we talked about before that often people think their ADHD is ADHD, and in fact, we're actually quite a mixed bunch in terms of of how we present. So, if you're lucky enough that you can hyperfocus on your job, for example, then that's going to be incredibly useful because you'll be, as you've said, that the uh, task performance improves. So if you can hyper-focus on the tasks that are that, that make up your job, your boss is going to fucking love you because you're going to work longer hours than everybody else, be more productive than everybody else, and be incredibly successful. Um, if you can also hyper-focus on something, as we've said, emotionally rewarding, you know, I bet it does feel like a strength or a superpower. But if not, then it's about as useful as a chocolate teapot. <laughs> it's right it is and the reason i think you're pointing that out because we see that so often don't we the the your your employees with ADHD might be able to hyper focus on things well we find it a bit dangerous if employers then might start to wonder why you aren't hyper focusing on the things they want you to and you know what you did it last time why can't you do it this time you really should be hyper focusing on this um a fantastic team can work with you brilliant boss can work with you to self-author your career and your goals within it based on things historically you have hyper-focused on. That That is the dream. That's why we exist is to empower employers mm. and educators to do that. But it is rare as rocking horse shit. Um, okay, so that's hyper-focused. That's what it is. And that's some of the evidence or lack of that, we, that of, of uh, whether it's useful or not. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with some personal reflections and super top tips on Hyperfocus and a game of what's James forgotten, mislaid, or lost this week, which again I noticed seemed to have been removed from the initial introduction to the script. Al. So I, you're doing it in different ways, and I do I do appreciate that. But we'll be back in part two when we will be playing that game. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> we've just, in the break, we're still laughing at, <laughs> at my numbering system. Welcome back to part two of episode 16 of the ADHD Adult UK podcast. We are talking about hyperfocus, not really focusing very well at all, <laughs> super ironically, as always. Um, we've done a bit of evidence. We want to move on to some personal reflections of hyperfocus, how it affects us, how it has affected us in the past. Let's crack on with you, Dr. James. Hyperfocus. Doctor, do you never ever call me doctor? I mean, I did buy I it. So we wrote, we wrote an article for what, a newspaper that was in the news this morning and it said Dr. James on it and it made me laugh. So that's one. <laughs> yeah, um, me and hyperfocus. So I have hyperfocused in the past. I am able to hyperfocus at times, luckily, um, because you're not very good at our um, support group slash charity. At times, I've, you know, at the weekend, I've spent hours uh working efficiently and effectively on that task and then it does feel rewarding that you can get a lot done but that's kind of rare it's very few and far between that i can name any episodes where i've hyper focused on something useful for me a really good example of how damaging this can be is that i because of my adhd meds i don't sleep a lot and i often get up at four o'clock and start work and actually for me that kind of works a bit because i get tasks done before all the meetings start before all the emails start coming in and I actually get the jobs that you know meetings get in the way of done but i can remember a very specific day where i i started work at four I hadn't blocked out time in my in my my diary, and I ended up working from four in the morning until I think it was six in the evening without stopping for a drink, for anything to eat, or to go to the toilet. I completely lost the um, the the idea, if you like, of self care, and that's where hyperfocus can actually be dangerous because you can become so engrossed with something that you you literally forget to eat or drink. Or, or make sure that you're, you know, and in the case of me, I've got a, a spinal issue. So sat in a comfortable position and you end up sitting for a very long time, which ends up completely fucking my back up anyway. And that, it, it's, it's damaging. It's unhealthy. It feels the opposite of a superpower. It, it must feel like what you feel like every morning when you wake up as if, as if you're just not a real boy. Um, <laughs> Other, I I mean, we've established that I have a disorder. No, yeah, there are medical tests that have proven that your <laughs> testicular dysfunction shows you're not a real boy. Um, other more common things, and this is something to my great sh to my great shame. And this is where we talk a lot about emotional acceptance and not self chastising. And I haven't got over this. When I do hyper focus, um, what happens is I completely ignore Mrs. ADHD and her needs and her mood and the issues that she's going through at the minute. So when she's struggling and I'm basically sat there um, writing something on ADHD while she's sat next to me almost in tears, when I finally finish what I'm doing and notice and realize what an absolute twat I've been, it's not my fault, I can't control it, but you know, objectively, somebody watching that would say, can you not just notice that the woman sat next to you is in distress? Then I just feel like the complete arsehole mm -hmm. that I am. I get loads done on the rare occasion. I choose to hyper-focus on a task that's, that's useful, but that's maybe 5 or 10% of my hyper-focus. Usually it's just thinking of ways to insult your head shape. Well, I, don't, I don't see what's to insult about it. <laughs> 
perfectly formed. Yeah, so so for me, I, I absolutely don't see it as a superpower. I see it as a big lead weight around my neck that makes me act like a complete penis and forget to look after myself and Mrs. ADHD. What about you, Alex? What about your hyperfocus? I mean, it was the same for a long, long time. I have so many hyper-focusing things, and it used to bring me an awful lot of shame. Oh, why have you started so many things? Why do you, you know, that that was a real common source of shame for me. My um, lovely brother, Matt, who I never talk about, because he hasn't got ADHD probably, he, <laughs> he said to me once, well, no one else tries anything, and you try everything. So I don't, you know, I th that was the start of me sort of emotionally accepting things. I'm in an incredibly lucky position, as we talk about James, apart from working with you, that I emotionally, I have emotionally accepted these as well. But let's be clear, they're not superpowers for me. I think I've talked before about when I was applying for promotion, I had a really short period of time to do it over the summer when sometimes we're not quite as busy in, in academia. And I, um, I spent, I reckon, weeks and I learned every single king or queen of order, uh, king and queen of England in order since William the Conqueror. And I, I know... You know, I can tell you now what they all are. This was not helpful. And then I had about a day and a half to write the promotion application. That's just, it happens to me all the time, but I find it now amusing. And I can always see value in what I did at the time, as long as it isn't just sitting. I did get addicted to computer games years ago, so I never play those because they're a real problem for me. I know other people use them almost medically, and, and that's great for you. It isn't for me. My other brother, Jules, undiagnosed, obviously. I shouldn't use his real name, it is Jules, though. He phoned me yesterday. <laughs> <clears throat> he phoned me yesterday, James, to tell me that he was he spent he spent hours researching self-distilling whiskey and how to do our own whiskey. And he nearly bought all the gear. And then he realized two hours later that he did he had no interest in it anymore. <laughs> Literally two hours. And that and 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 that's where most hyperfocus leads you to to know where that you'll spend hours in a in a rabbit hole. In Mrs. ADHD's case, for example, wanting to learn how to ice cakes artistically, and then after all that hours of research, just forget about it. Don't want to do I've forgotten about the ice cakes. Uh, can can I piss you off now, James? You probably well, you know this because you know me, but I um I hyper focus on work, and and that is because of two very important factors. A, I've spent a long time trying to understand what my strengths and happiness is in previous tasks with coaching and counselling and support, adults with ADHD, including me, are not generally as self-aware as normal <laughs> normal people, you know, as people without ADHD. So that's not an easy thing to do. And it took a lot of work. I'm a professional coach, so I should be able to do it. But we often don't coach ourselves very well. So understanding what my strengths and happiness looked like when I was doing previous tasks that were successful not just the subject theme, but the people I was with, the place and the activities within those subject themes. All of that needs, I have to write it down and look at it. And then two, I very slowly built a career on those, on the results of that analysis. And, and I know how that sounds, but so what I've done is I've looked at what a typical hyperfocus for me might be and built a career on things that often have that, not always, but often. I can imagine... Um you talked a little bit about um, spending time understanding your strengths. Wasn't a lot of time, was it? <laughs> yeah, it did not live a lot. Yeah, that was three minutes of my life wasted. 
Thanks for I like the, that. I like that you said, let's get back to that because I've got a FRT. <laughs> I've been waiting. You went with yeah. impulsivity. It's been so hard because you talked for so fucking long. And I, just <laughs> I really do. Make, I got bored. Just wanted to make that joke for like 15 minutes until you finished talking. <laughs> but genuinely, thanks for sharing that because um, <clears throat> I didn't listen to it, but I'm sure there was some information in there that some people will find useful. I think we've finished and this, this section. No, we have not finished this section. This leads us. This segues beautifully into our latest game of Watch James Lost, Forgotten, or Mislaid this week. You've got three options as usual, Alex. I've forgotten your score. Do you remember your score? Is it five? Ten? I think it's five out of 11, I think. I think. Something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter because you're not going to get this one. So as usual, I'm going to give Alex three options and he's got to guess which one of them is true. And they're all three things that I've possibly either lost or forgotten or mislaid this week. So option one is that I forgot that my dad was staying with us while he was staying with us. That's option one. Option two is that I forgot to turn off the very expensive three-bar outdoor electric heater overnight after I'd gone out for a fag and only noticed in the morning when I went outside. And option three is that I forgot to write a list of three things that I'd forgotten this week ready for this podcast. Oh, you've done a meta one for three, have you? And mm. and I get the the rules wrong every time. Am I choosing one this week? It's, yeah, this is just a normal game. You're just choosing the one that you think is correct. Um, did you forget Dad was staying with you while he was staying with you? I mean, we if anybody listened to the object impermanence one... <laughs> I like the idea that you forgot your dad exists while he was downstairs or something. The heater thing, that's very likely. And I know you do have a heater. Just hypothetically, how much would it cost if you left that on overnight? Like in, uh, in energy? I, 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 don't, I don't know. What do you mean? Units of energy or pounds? Yeah, like how much would that, yeah, would that be pound, yeah, many pounds? It would be many pounds. And how much would it be in dead polar bears, you fucking monster? <laughs> Six, specifically. Six polar bears. Yeah. Ah, three things that you forgot. Uh, I think you like that answer because you because you smug brainiac. So I'm saying you forgot your dad existed. That, that's the one. That, that's the one that a monster would do. So it and you're and one. you're incorrect. Oh! If, you, if you knew if you knew my dad, you'd know that he has the TV on at Defcon One throughout the whole of the day, and therefore, while I'm even in meetings upstairs, I can hear the Jeremy Vine show playing downstairs. Um, you see, he only writes to me. <laughs> exactly exactly you see you only get these uh, odd uh, emails and, and letters mm. that he sends um, i didn't i didn't forget to turn a heater off i almost did but i remembered and went back out but i literally as we were just about to click record thought oh fuck i haven't written the competition so i made those up as i went along so you? yes uh, so you're wrong okay. alex your score remains that we think because we've forgotten five out of now 12 and that brings us to the end of part two we'll be back very briefly for part three where we'll give you i won't i won't call them top tips but alex will give you top tips and i'll just blather on about some old shite that doesn't really work see you soon <laughs> Hello and welcome back to part three of our episode 16 of the ADHD Adult UK podcast. And we're talking still about hyperfocus. Last bit, we want to give you top tips that people have given us uh, or that I've thought of during my um, ADHD journey or that James has like clumsily stumbled upon that doesn't work. <laughs> 
Yeah. James, James, top tips for hyperfocus. I think we'll call my bit just the tip because that's about as, as useful as it is when it comes to ADHD. So what I'm going to say is basically roll with it. The key, the key thing is that, as Alex pointed out in his elegantly delivered, um, because I wrote it, psychoeducation section for the first part of the podcast, that you can't kind of manipulate hyperfocus. Alex has been very lucky in that he's managed to use hyperfocus to his advantage in his career. But for most of us, you just can't pick and choose what you go with. And because of that, go with it. If you happen to be hyperfocusing as Alex would on the lineage of the monarchy in the, in the UK, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, roll with it. Don't hate yourself for doing that when you should be doing something for work because you can't control it obviously try and find constructive ways to use hyperfocus to your advantage if you can but if you can't again you know you're not in control of this the key tip and for once alex this is something that's useful i'm going to say something useful in the tips section mark down the note uh, the, the, the note mark down the date rather yeah. because it's the first time i've given a useful tip yeah and that I'll also, is i'll also turn my speaker up so i can hear you for once Yes, and actually listen instead of just whatever it is that you do while I talk. Um, set reminders for self-care, and that's really important. Make sure that you've got a system so that if you are spending 12 hours, um, in your case, on Pornhub, whatever it is, that you've got I need the money. <laughs> enough, enough hand lotion. <laughs> no, that you've got <laughs> that you've got um something to remind you to stop and, and have a drink and something to eat and get up, particularly as you know, some of our medications can be appetite suppressants. So you might not have the normal hunger signals that somebody gets. So if you are in a in a proper rabbit hole, hyper focus on something, whether it's useful to your job or not, my tip is to make sure that you self-care. So set reminders, don't self-chastise. If you spend twelve hours watching murder documentaries, which I may have done recently, in, instead of very specific, doing, yeah, instead of instead of doing the tax return, my company, but make sure you're looking after yourself. Make sure you self care, Alex. You're going to have something better than that, no doubt. So what do you? Oh, do you know what? No, annoyingly, I, I, the role with it is another. It's probably a better way of saying emotional acceptance, isn't it? Which is the most important top tip, I think. This is this is about emotional acceptance. So. If your hyperfocus leads you to buy stuff, we've dealt with the financial element, so we're not going to go there again, but go and listen to episode <laughs> whatever number it was, the impulse spending one, I can't remember, I'm sorry. Um, but if the, the hyperfocus itself really disrupts your doing something important, I was genuinely late for something important two days ago because I was working out, trying. I got absolutely lost in, <laughs> in who the directors of the Rick Allen whiskey enterprise were. It's not important and not relevant to anything. Um, so if it, if it disrupts you doing something important, then, then write it down, write directors of the whiskey empire. And then later on, see if your hyperfocus wants to redo it. What, well, you know, if it, it, it might be that that's gone, it might be that you can come back to it and that's okay. But the best tip, and I know this might sound really privileged, is to think really hard about your career or what you do and just try, if you can, to add bits to that, to your tasks, to your goals that include things that you often hyper-focus on. James and I enjoy researching new ideas for a bit, hyper-focus, and, and, and then telling everyone about it and then doing something else. This podcast is the result of that. It's something that we tend to do anyway, so we don't always desperately want to write, you know, Oh God, I've got to write two podcasts, but 
typically it would be something that we would do anyway. Another reason that we're we're academic university teachers as well. Yeah, I thank you for that, Alex. For once, I'm not going to rip the piss out of you. There's nothing in there that's really a target, and I agree with what you've said. So I'm now self chastising for missing any opportunity to to release the loathing I have for you, which is so intense. Wait till um, I tell you about the life of William II after this. Fuck's sake. <laughs> See, there you go. You've done it, haven't you? You've done <laughs> you it. For, it. For, for two minutes, I liked you, and you've gone and fucked it. Well done. Right, that leads us to our product recommendation of the week. So I'm going to recommend anything that can give you a big fucking loud reminder to self-care when you're hyper-focusing. It could be a smart speaker that you set to give you a reminder in an hour. It could be a smartphone. It could be a well-trained rooster. Whatever works for you, get something that's going to alert you that you need to self-care when you're hyper-focusing. I say, I say, take your meds. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, on that pathetic ending note, that was episode 16 of the ADHD.UK podcast on hyperfocus. As usual, if you've got any questions, if you'd like to get in touch, uh, get in touch via the social media channels at ADHD.UK. If you've got any ideas for future podcasts, or if you just want to speak to... Yeah, if you just want to say hello and, and and maybe vote on removing Alex and replacing him with somebody better, any of those things are acceptable. Get Second in touch. Dish. And we will see you soon. Take care. Bye all.